is 1.37 p.m. Stories of hustle and grind from the intersection of culture, style, music, and sports. Yo, I know we talked about that Dalton, but we definitely have to fix the intro. It's a little, it's a little long, but it's, it's Gucci. What's up, with seven FM family? It's your boy Aaron, aka Don. My co-host Dalton Floyd is here. We have a special guest. This man, Brian. I look up to you. I watch you from a distance. I want you to know oh, that. Oh man, you're, um, you're warming my heart right now. We have Coach General Manager Brian Saint. How are you doing? For, oh, for Minnesota Rocker, by the way. My bad. How are you uh, doing today, brother? No, I'm doing. I'm doing really good today. How are you guys? Doing good. Can't complain. Doing well. Productive day. How's how's life? You guys won yesterday. Not yes. Yeah, yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. You performed really well. How does that feel? Um, from, I know it's the kickoff, but for me, I mm-hmm. feel like still like I want to see you guys play to your fullest net. Yeah, it, it still feels good to go and get that win. I mean, the players have a lot of pride and a lot of self-respect, so mm-hmm. everyone went out there wanting to win. No one, I mean, even though there wasn't necessarily anything on the line uh the players you know they all have a ton of pride and they want to go out there and get the w no matter what it's kind of a good showing to uh just see how all our practice over the last two months has been going yeah for sure um i'm gonna be honest i feel like you guys are really one of the underrated teams like Mm -hmm. you guys when i look at my power ranking you guys are definitely a wild card like i know a lot of people are talking about who's gonna be the main guy and stuff like that i feel like the way you guys play was like they don't we don't need one. Yeah, really. yeah. Like the way you guys played is like that's good. They're playing as a team. And they're really dominant playing that way. Uh, so just speaking really on really that, it's like uh, other people have uh, really labeled labeled the Minnesota Rockers having that stigma of like, oh, you brought one duo from the new from New York Subliners and the other duo from Phase, and you just sort of put them together. I know Attach said in like the hype up video for the team that it really wasn't like that. It just sort of happened. Mm-hmm. But uh, like, I guess if, if we're going to go ahead and talk about the roster a little bit, like, did, did it form just sort of naturally or like, how did it really go? Yeah, it was, it was pretty natural. I knew in the first place, uh, we were really interested in the attach and accuracy package because they were talking to us a lot and they said they want to come over here. So we knew we had a, a really good chance of securing them and getting them over since they want to work with us. Um, and then after that, uh, things started floating around with phase and, you know, we thought we could get major maniac, um, you know, we didn't really think we were going to get Priesta as well with him. That kind of came through last minute when we heard there was a potential to get him. So we kind of, you know, when we heard that was an option, we just immediately went for that and then uh, ended up working out pretty quickly after. Yeah, there were so many rumors floating around with Priesta. I re- like, no one really knew where he was going to go from from a fan's, from a fan's perspective. So, uh, yeah, as far as gassing you up, it's not going to stop with just Aaron uh, <laughs> watching your career from afar. It's really, really cool to have you. Yeah, you see him wearing the shirt, right? Yeah, I'm, sitting, I'm wearing the Minnesota Rockets yeah, shirt. No, like, watching, watching your career specifically then and then seeing you coach and everything, it's been really cool to see. So it's awesome having you on. And speaking about, you know, just your coaching career, like I wanted to start out with um, really just – you don't have to dive too deep into it, but the United uh, mm-hmm. side of your coaching career, how, how has it been transitioning from that squad back on Black Ops 4 – to now these two rosters with Minnesota, you know, you, you can speak about both the Minnesota uh, rosters if you want to. Yeah, it, it's all been a long, it, you know, it hasn't even been that long. It's only been like two years in total yeah. been coaching. I'm kind of the longest standing one uh, currently in the scene. And, and it feels like forever for me, but every year I learn more and more and I learn how to work with different groups of players. And I think all my experiences uh, leading up, you know, have given me, a really good perspective on on different groups of players and how certain players work and you know uh i appreciate all the experience i've been able to get over the years and you know i'm really glad to still be doing what i'm doing 
Fire. Sounds good. Now, this is a random question. This is just out the blue. But it matters, especially in East Western Gaming. What anime are you watching? Right now? Mm -hmm. um, this matters, watch you know. No, this is an important question. I mean, it's something I'm really fond about. But uh, yeah, just watching Attack on Titan and uh, Jujutsu Kaisen right now. Also, um, trying to get into ReZero a little bit. Haven't picked it up too much recently, but I, I plan on getting back in that one soon. And I've also been watching um, The uh, Great Pretender on Netflix recently. And so I've really good. been enjoying that, yeah. Yeah, I just asked that because every good coach or just player or anybody in the scene, you gotta be watching anime. I mean, I mean if you're you, not... can, you can see it in the background right there. I'm a, I'm a big, I'm a big Yu Yu fan. Ooh. You know, one of one of my favorites growing up. That's fire. I mean, do you collect cards? You go your cards? Uh, no, no. Yu Yu Hakusho. Yeah. Oh wait. Oh, that. Okay, my bad. I thought yeah. you were talking about Yu Gi Oh. Um, I was I was big into Yu Gi Oh back in the day though. I don't I don't have my cards anymore, but I was I was really big into it prior. Got you. Um, I want to go in a question of because you're not just a coach, you're also a general manager, right? Mm -hmm. And I feel like coaches have a more personal relationship with their players. So how is being a coach and a general manager at the same time? Um, you know, the, it doesn't fall completely on me. I mean, yeah, the, the organizational side will kind of give me, you know, like full say pretty much over like roster chain and stuff like that. And that's definitely hard sometimes, you know, being the coach because, you know, you gain all these connections with the players and, and it's really hard to get rid of someone that you're working with on a daily basis. But yeah, um, I think it's good letting, you know, kind of coaches have control of the team because they're the ones seeing inside the team every day. They know what's going on. If you kind of let someone outside who doesn't really know what's going on, you know, have full say, uh, they can kind of go and make some changes. Just don't make too much sense. It's not really like the NFL where uh, yeah. the owners are just in practice seeing what's going on, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis. It's kind of more like a, the head coach manager type thing uh, in baseball. I'd, I'd compare it. 100%. You're going to have a team like Jets. Sorry, Gary uh, I 100% agree. I had another question. What was it? Zuma, right? He, he stepped mm -hmm. down. Um, a lot of people are saying he retired, but he stepped down because I don't ever know. He might come back. He, yeah, might, I, he definitely wants to come back. Yeah. So his son might feel better, but it goes into a conversation of, do you think to prevent things like that from happening, that we're going to see teams and just orgs start bringing in physical coaches and, and mental coaches to prevent that type of loss? Yeah, I definitely wouldn't doubt it. I mean, our team currently, uh, we do team workouts on Zoom with a trainer every Monday and Thursday. So that's something we've been doing a lot recently. And I think as esports develops more, getting, you know, personal trainers and th yeah. therapists is going to be a lot more frequent because, I mean, you see it. Yeah, this is the first time it's happened in Call of Duty, but you've seen it in other games before with some League of Legends pros and some Overwatch pros retiring at age like 22, 23, just because, you know, they've been playing their whole life, didn't take care of their hands and everything like that. And then it, it forced them to retire early. And it's really, really unfortunate to see seeing these people lose their career at a, at a really young age. So hopefully moving on in the future, uh, players start to take a lot more care of their hands and you know their physical being because that's not something really players have ever done in the past because people would go through their lives they would come home they play video games a hobby and you know yep. just sit there and grind all day eat their doritos do whatever they wanted and now as it becomes a more legitimate career uh a lot of these players have to actually treat it as if they're you know athletes yeah no because these bags getting bigger i am not gonna bigger lie and bigger <laughs> every year yeah so you definitely don't want to see that type of uh loss i mean what was your reaction from this kickoff weekend though i think i feel like i know a lot of teams saying well I, so the studio they put out a power ranking list and i put it in dm i was like yo i might have to do my own and i was you know changing with the teams and i was like no 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 
Um, were you surprised by the f- performance of this weekend's games at all? Um, uh, my predictions were pretty spot on for this weekend. The only two matches I was like super coin flippy on were the Florida Phase One and then the um, Chicago LA Thieves one. Uh, with the Florida Phase matchup, I kind of you know I thought Florida was in, in a bit of a better form going into it, but I kind of thought Phase would step up in the S and Ds. Pretty much be ended up being the exact opposite with Florida winning both of those S and Ds. And when it came to the Optic uh, LA Thieves matchup, I thought these were also going to uh, show something in S and D. But I mean, that's you know you have no idea what teams are doing S and D right now. Uh, yeah. We haven't seen any of them practice it, and we haven't seen them play in official matches. So that was just kind of a gamble. Those are the two matches I was really 50-50 on. Everything else went uh, pretty much how I expected. I, don't, I forgot you guys' rotation, but I know they was abusing Garrison a lot. Like I think these like I think one rotation had Garrison back to back to back. Um, what maps do you guys think you're the best on? Like, what do you uh, prefer and stuff like that? I feel like it's really hard to say right now. Uh, you know, our maps kind of change. It's still really yeah. early, so our good maps change week by week. Yeah. And you know, when we see we're lacking in, in one map in hardpoint, because hardpoint and control is really what we're practicing the most. Uh, so when we see we're we're kind of faltering on one map, we'll put a lot of emphasis on that map one week, and then you know you'll kind of see that one climb to the top, and then another map tapers off a little bit. So that's, that's pretty frequent in COD. But going into uh, this weekend, we kind of extensively went over S&D a lot, just because we, we kind of want to have like a good framework of what we're doing, uh, knowing what we're doing and seeing what works and what doesn't work. So yes. it was nice to uh, get some Ws in the S&Ds this weekend. It felt good, especially yeah. after last year where that was, you know, our, our biggest weakness by far. Yeah. No, I'm definitely proud of you guys. I've been watching. I know these are two different uh, leagues, but like even the Rocky League team, like they're performing better. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they've they've been they've been on the up and up. I've been watching yeah. them a lot recently. I never was into Rocket League uh, prior. My <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. There we go. There we go. Uh, and yeah. So speaking of some of the gameplay, not even just from last weekend, but also you can even touch on. It's sort of a general question for last season too. I want to know a little bit more about um, the coaching aspect of it. So just to get a little more clarity on my end, when you're in between maps, how much do you really put emphasis on uh, coaching them through the next map, like talking about strategy? Say you're going into like the search, you know, the map two. Mm-hmm. How much do you really, do you, do you reflect at all on the first map, you know, even if it was a loss or something like that, or are you just immediately just locked into the next map? Uh, for something like this weekend, yeah, we, we kind of would briefly talk, be like, oh, we were just like a little slow on that hard point, it's all good, whatever, whatever. But during, you know, an actual official match, you kind of just have to completely disregard the first map yeah. and, you know, kind of lock in on your game plan for the second map. And the main thing, main thing we really want to focus on in between maps is, you know, our break-off, knowing what we're all doing on the break-off and just having the most cohesive break-off possible. I mean, especially when it comes to hard point and control, just being on point with your break-off can be you know what changes if you win or lose a map yeah i know we're forcing crushes down your throat i don't mean that i can talk about you know cod and, and esports in general all day you know that meme that really like they're always asking what but they're not asking how are whatever the, the, that how it goes how how are you coach brian i don't know if we even asked you that how are you uh brian saying are you i know you're drinking your water you're drinking yeah no, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm i've been my health grind recently you know water coffee that's all i'm drinking mm-hmm. uh you know we have our trainer i've been eating healthy too and you know that's something i've been focusing on a lot this year because if i'm able to get myself in you know, a state where I feel uh, my best mentally and physically, it's going to help me a lot in, in my career and kind of helping, you know, encourage the players as well. You're just going to be a, a better leader, I guess, overall, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you got to lead by example. 
Yeah. We talked about that in the past on past episodes, not just not just with the hand stuff with certain players, but just uh, eating healthy and mm-hmm. uh, getting in that workout routine. It, it definitely can help you in game, you know, for the players in certain situations. It's yeah, I mean, just having possible. yeah, just having that natural energy throughout the day, that that mental clarity. It's gonna it's just gonna help you so much with everything you do. Yeah, yeah 100%. Well, and we talked on we talked on a lot already. I like podcasts that do this because you don't have to do an hour pod and waste anybody's time or anything. But you watch the Rocket League, yeah, Kinda, recently. Yeah, but I mean, what other esports do you? Because I we had a conversation before this, and it was like we were talking about a team that weren't performing well because his players like playing in a different game. But I was like, yo, it might be because like they can catch a rut from playing their main game and they kind of get inspiration mm-hmm. or a little break by playing a different game. No, I, d- I, mean, I definitely think that's a good thing for sure. I mean, and, and in terms of me, think games that I watch and, and play a lot, uh, always been really big on Counter-Strike. Haven't played it as much recently, but I still watch mm-hmm. it all the time. Valorant, uh, been getting really invested in that esports scene, was playing that a lot in our off-season. That was pretty much all I was playing. And I always kind of just play oh, some. No, 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 no. I don't want to cut you off. Yeah. I don't want to cut you off. What's your rank? My rank? Um, I got to Immortal 2. Okay. That, was, that was my peak. That's not bad. Okay. Not bad. You know, it's okay. Okay. Who you mean? Hold on. Let me, let me take a guess. I'm gonna take a guess. Safe? You're, you're a senator. Are you a senator? Uh, I don't mean, but like when I was climbing, I did okay. play a lot of cipher. I I would usually fill the it. majority of my game, so I did play a lot of cipher. I picked up Omen a little bit toward the gotcha. later end, but yeah, it was I was mostly either playing cipher or uh, duelist. Gotcha. I don't know if you had any more uh, questions, Dalton. I don't I've know. got I've got one more just to swing back. I feel like I'm talking yeah. a lot. Just to swing back to COD, if, if we're going to end it anytime soon at all, just to just to get close with another COD topic, um, I I want to get your I want to get your thoughts on the meta of this game because mm-hmm. with with how GAs have been, it's been a little bit like spotty week to week and stuff like that with you know which guns we're using on any particular or even attachments, which kind of attachments are we using on any particular day. So there's been a lot of rumors and a lot of players that have told us that there's going to be preset classes soon, even with those preset classes, how do you think, what, what is your opinion of the meta also with the snipers and smokes gone recently? Uh, I think the meta has, you know, been pretty fleshed out for a couple weeks now. You kind of have the, the Krig, the M4, uh, kind of AR meta, you know, people can kind of use whichever one they want. I think the M4 has been getting a lot more traction recently though. And, you know, 74U has been a pretty good sub to have so far in this game, but yeah, uh, not the biggest fan of the snipers and the smokes just from, you know, a spectator standpoint. However, I do know why they're gone. It, it makes so much sense. Just the, just how the one way smokes operate yeah. in this game right now. I didn't even like playing the, the game with them. And then sniping in this game on top of that is also really, really, really easy. So when you take away the smokes, it kind of just S and D just becomes completely reliant on what your sniper is doing. And, not having the smokes to counter it kind of just makes it so you have to get rid of it. And I, I wish it wasn't like that. Hopefully they can fix the smoke soon because right now you just drop them on your feet. Yeah, you see them exactly. like popping active camo and halo. And I, I don't really expect them to tweak the snipers too much, but I, I presume, you know, if smokes get fixed and they come back in, then snipers will be let back in as well. But yeah, uh, yeah right now they're both not in the most competitive state. 
Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Like in in the very few GBs that I've played on this game so far, it's just such an easy cop out just to mm-hmm. just to throw the smoke down. Even if you're making like a crazy offensive play, you can just throw the smoke down and then still just sit in it. Just to yeah, that, that, that's that's what the game is turned into. We like yeah. when we were using our smokes in S and D, we didn't really have any set smokes where we'd throw them to you know mm-hmm. cut something off. Our smoke guy was using it solely to make an individual play where he would push up the bomb or something, throw it at his feet, try and get a kill, and then get out. Yeah, to throw it way, way back. Like I miss, I miss watching ghosts. Where like ghosts is the perfect example. Yeah, exactly. Like, like where, they, where, how they worked in that game is how they always need to mm-hmm. operate and function. I just remember, I just remember like studying Fizzer, like rest in peace, him uh, mm-hmm. Fizzer, like him doing those uh, strong arm throws with the stuns. Yeah, the strong, the like strong arm stuns were really, really fun. Those were crazy, and like just the way that you could really cut off, cut off the map with the smokes in that game. It was pretty crazy. Yeah, like, and it, it could throw off timings a lot as well. You could throw a strong arm off the, off the start of the round, stun someone, you know, and and just alter a lot of things in S and D. It was really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that that game was really interesting with how mm-hmm. search was like. It's almost like that that way with like every single Infinity Ward game where like their their respawn and competitive doesn't really shine, but their search and destroy is always really good. Yeah, uh, I think S and D was decent last year. I, I, yeah. I think I think the big issue with S and D last year was the maps, and the maps didn't really mm-hmm. allow it to be too great, uh, just with how a lot of the bomb sites were in that game. But I think if if that game had some better maps and some better bomb site location, I think S and D would have been really good. You like this one better? Uh, this game, yeah, I think S and D's better even without the smokes and uh, snipers right now, just because I think the maps are laid out a bit better for the mode. But even then, I think this map, this game, definitely has its flaws when it comes to S and D. And you know, hopefully, we get some improvements in the future. Like the trophy systems, what are your thoughts on that? Like, do you think there should be a limit on trophy systems, or you think they're yeah, pretty- they're probably yeah. I mean, there should be a bit of a limit. I mean, we currently. L- limit it to three on a team so like the fourth guy yeah the fourth guy just doesn't throw his uh that helps a lot but yeah i don't know it's 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 a bit weird right now do you miss the way that the trophy systems like worked in past games where they would only destroy two or three things before they finally destroyed themselves yeah uh i mean it's just how they're balanced these days with having them as like a field upgrade or whatever Mm -hmm. so like everyone has them in in the in the past and like black ops 2 is you know the best example you'd have to have like trade-offs where uh, having a trophy made it so you can have like your stun or your EMP yeah. or anything like that, and there was a lot of checks and balances, and those checks and balances just don't really exist these days because you know with Warzone and everything like that coming out, you have the gunsmiths, you have like yeah. the ultra creative classes where you can throw on eighteen attachments, whatever perks you want, then kind of do whatever uh, need be. But uh, yeah, hopefully. Hopefully there's some changes towards that. You know, if if a thing like preset classes were to come out, you could kind of tailor make things to a uh, more competitive environment. If I was younger, I would definitely say those were the golden eras where you had all those attachments and stuff like that. You just have like the OG setup. Yeah, back in um, COD 4, all, the only attachment <laughs> you're throwing on your gun is a red dot site. That was yeah. it. Yeah. But uh, I know this is like a question I really want to ask because I feel like, you know, you already know this. Esports is getting bigger. I was even going to ask, like, yo, you're going to be going to, you know, I'm going to buy your, your cars one day, Brian. I hope you know that. When they start selling car cars, and they start, I'm going to see a Brian Saint PSA 10 oh, selling, man. That, selling that at a low PSA, price. PSA 10. PSA mint condition. Uh, and so this question is I don't think we're going to see any more dynasties. I feel like. Yeah. This we, we were talking about that a little bit yesterday in the Discord yeah. while we were doing our watch party. Like, you know, I, I was I was saying that the word dynasty gets thrown around a lot these days. Mm-hmm. You know, after the Optic Dynasty, you know, pretty much ended with their champs run, 
every time a team gets on sort of a hot streak, we throw that around. So like, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? I, I personally, you know, I agree with Aaron. I don't really think that that's ever really possible unless one team completely just dominates for like two seasons in a row. It would, it would literally take two seasons and a championship in both times for me to actually recognize yeah, that as a dynasty. Yeah, uh, dynasties are pretty much a thing of the past. I feel like yeah. especially now where uh, it's just so hard with Call of Duty also having new games every year. So like one player can taper off a little bit with like a new game, their play style can be altered and kind of just with how the league is diversified right now with, you know, certain really good talent, like spread across, you know, a bunch of different teams. Uh, yeah, I don't see it happening. I mean, it definitely can if one team it just has this crazy amount of skill and learns how to play the game fundamentally on, you know, such a high level. But I, it's so hard to combine both of those things together and keep it consistent on top of that because, you know, everyone right now is playing these crazy amount of hours every single day. They have these right. training regiments. Yeah. So, yeah. like, they will make strats to hard counter a certain team if they're winning all the time. They'll take the things that they're doing and that are working for them, implement it into their own gameplay. So just with how things are these days, it's, it's really, really hard. Because you have to think, like, back when, you know, the first one happened, the first Dynasty with Complexity and Evil Geniuses, mm. we, we weren't as strict on this stuff back in the day with, like, uh, you know, even just your your weekly workouts with your team, the scrim schedules. I, I mean, to my knowledge, I don't think there was really a set scrim schedule. Nah, people yeah, were just on like, late night after school and stuff. And Complexity, I mean, at the beginning of Black Ops 2, uh, Impact were really good. Mm-hmm. If they were the only team with four people doing nothing but playing COD all day. Like, That's none true. of them did it. They were all graduated from high school, and none of them were going to college or anything. None of them had part-time jobs. They were all just playing Call of Duty. And then kind of uh, after that that champs point, when people saw, you know, like the new money coming in the Call of Duty, like they won 100K each for champs, which was insane at the time. I think that uh, inspired a lot more people to start taking time off school. So I know Complexity started taking time off uh, pretty much after champs. And then, you know, more pros in the scene started to taper off and, and take time off, you know, college and stuff like that as time went on. I know this year, five millions on the table, right? Like, God. Yeah, some some good cash. Yeah, it keeps growing each year, it seems like. And that's obviously, that's always a great thing for COD. It's always great to see that happening. Yeah, 100%. Well, it was definitely a pleasure having you on, uh, Ryan. Mm-hmm. I don't want this to be the last time. Listen, listen, when you guys win champs, listen. When we win champs, I'm just going to You see how I wrote that? It ain't if. You target to. Parent. I like that. You got to speak into existence. Exactly. Right? And plus, I don't know. I, I feel like you guys are just, like I said earlier, one of the underrated teams, wild card. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of wildcard teams because, we, like we said, there's, there's not going to be one dynasty or nothing like that. But if I had to cheer them, you guys are definitely top three of the wildcard. So it was definitely a pleasure having you on. I don't know yeah, if you no, it, was, it was awesome being here. Would you say that that's your biggest goal uh, for this year is just to keep winning as much as you can and hopefully champs is that like that major top tier thing, you know? Yeah, that's I mean, winning champs is always the dream, but I mean, yeah. I've, I've gotten a lot of second places in my coaching career. Mm-hmm. It's probably like three or four or something at this point, you know, I've yet to take home one gold medal. So, uh, yeah, my goal this year is definitely to win one of the, the majors, but yeah. uh, especially champs, you know, everyone, that's what everyone wants to win. win. Everyone wants the rings, the prestige, you know, and that's just something that's solidified for a lifetime. You win one of these normal majors, yeah, you'll remember it, but you won't have the ring. You won't have, you know, anything really cool to show for it. Yeah, for sure. 100%. Have you have a great night, great evening. I don't know what time it is for you. But it should uh, be the same time. Yeah, it's like 426, 426. Yeah. So I hope you have a good rest of your day. Thank you for being on Inside the Screen. Uh, and yeah. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you guys. It was awesome talking to both of you.
This is 1.37 p.m. Own your future. Start this minute. 1.37 p.m. is a Gallery Media Group original production.